0: The Room Sound Podcast. The Room Sound Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Room Sound Podcast. I hope you like that new intro. That was Madam X. We just had her in the Room Sound studio. Her video will be dropping on New Year's Eve and her podcast the following week, the first one of 2021. Well, my name's Corey Snelson and I love music and movies and nothing gives me more joy than putting those two together. I create a room sound live to get back into doing what I love most and that is making music videos. So I invite musicians of all kinds to come in and give us here at Room Sound a live performance and I'll take that performance and post it to the Room Sound Live YouTube channel, which you should totally check out and click subscribe. We drop new videos every week. To get the most out of this, I decided to sit down with an artist, keep the audio rolling, and pick the brain, and boy, do we get some good stuff. Everyone has their own advice and wisdom to share, and I'd like to share that with you and the rest of the world. And today, we are in a joyous mood because we are graced with the presence of a god man by the name of Bometius. This guy can only write one kind of song and that is an instant classic. The songs he played for us here at Room Sound were like butter on toasted brioche and this man's whistle could summon the exotic birds from the Amazon. Let me tell you, Bometheus started playing music at the early age of two and comes from a family of musicians. Right before his freshman year in college, he wrote and recorded his very first of what will soon be six albums. We talk about his job as a music teacher and how the pandemic slowed him down just enough to get the most out of his upcoming record. Now, let's kick back and pop open a Topo Chico and jam this first song, Shake My Spirit.
1: can trust. Lord, give me the strength that I can find. Weigh me down against what's in my mind. for me here on the inside and if those eyes really knew me would you smile to see me would you smile to see me
2: It was just really intense um, in general. Like, we started school when I was two, and I was homeschooled for most of my life. And then uh, we moved to Austin, because I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. We moved to Austin, Texas, when I was about 14. I started learning guitar with a vengeance, I guess. <laughs> uh, learned a lot of SRV and Hendrix stuff. And then my dad got cancer, and I, I think prior to that, I had kind of figured that I would just go to law school and, and be a lawyer. But after that whole experience, cause I'm I'm the oldest of six kids, and we were all pretty little when that happened, and we're homeschooled, it was a very isolating experience. And so he, he did recover, but in the midst of it, it was really horrible, and it didn't look like... There were a few times it didn't look like that was going to happen. So... Um, I started composing music, like every weekend, <laughs> and uh, and practicing all the time. I think I probably practiced like seven or eight hours a day. I did dishes and I read our library, and that was basically my life. And then he recovered, and music was all that was important to me. Mom's rule was that we had to play our string instrument until we were 18, regardless of whether or not we liked it, because her hope was one. Um, to make us a well-rounded individual, but two, so that we could put ourselves through college. Because you you can get really good scholarships, even if you're just in the orchestra, or you can teach lessons where you're making way more money for less time than you would if you're just getting some piece of garbage, you know, part-time.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like, no. If you can be good at something and that pay your for your school, yeah, right. dude, like, I wish I would have just, took that more seriously in my life because i played football i played flute in sixth grade seventh grade um but and at that time i probably didn't even realize oh i could go to college on a scholarship well for football like that would be like more you know music as well like that's still like a one in a million shot to get free schooling for being as good as you would need to be in. Right. Well, frankly, Jonathan, I wasn't good at yeah. it. <laughs> so, like for me, uh, as a as a kid, 14. You said you were 14 when you moved from Georgia to here? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're homeschooled. <clears throat> w- w- that still had to have a pretty big impact being uprooted at that age because you're figuring yourself out more then than you really are before or after that. <laughs> so what was moving from Georgia to, you said Austin, right? Austin, yeah. Um, at 14 years old, man, what was that like?
2: Uh, it was a little demoralizing. It, I mean,
1: when we lived in Georgia, I'd say six years prior to when we moved, I was enrolled in something called the Classical
2: School of Marietta. And uh, so I went there, for all the major humanities all the disciplines of the humanities and then like science and math we did at home but all that stuff was in there and so you would be put into a group and then you would just move through the curriculum with that group every year so you all become became kind of a tightly knit uh, group of kids but because I started school so young I was I can't remember how much younger but I think as much as four years younger than some of the people in my Great. So I, I was kind of used to being the outcast. <laughs> I mean, that makes, yeah. Nobody yeah. likes the little kid who thinks he's also in your grade, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was me growing up like a... And I, I it's not like I chose it, it was just
0: where I was. I never had friends my own age. I always hung out with my brother who's three years older than me, I always hung out with his friends. Yeah. But luckily I had a little more comfort knowing that my brother was cool with all of this. <laughs> they still they'd still pick on me and stuff. Right, but you're uh, allowed to be there. But I I was a little more free about, you know, I'm gonna try to make them laugh. And that's what made me cool was I can make them laugh. Uh. I don't know where I don't know where all that went because I was really confident back then. <laughs> These days though, you don't get me talking. But you're you're there by you are the oldest kid you see yeah yeah so you don't have that comfortability you're you're hanging out with people three and four years you're you're not just hanging out with them you're like learning about life right (laughs) this is at classical school what was it classical school yeah um so you're all playing instruments right is that right or
2: uh my siblings and
0: i yes oh okay so when you say classical school what do you So
2: classical school uh refers to classical education in general um which uh involves like latin logic, rhetoric, so like the, the major stages of, of education, like grammar, logic, rhetoric, those are the three stages. So you, you know, like you, everything is a round table discussion, Socratic method kind of governs everything that happens. So you get there at 9 a.m., you leave around three, but the whole day is spent around one table talking about and synthesizing everything that you are learning about.
0: I didn't even know about this way of learning. Dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. A bit. It probably it also probably explains to me why you're like you're very intentional. Like yeah. with what with the way you came in here and you played your songs, the way that you've spoke to me from on the phone to being here, like I f- I feel you differently than I would feel someone that probably did go to like a regular public school where one person is trying to teach 20 different people. <laughs> they don't really all grasp a hold, but that's roundtable discussions, man. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So, how long was classical school? Did you continue doing that when you moved to Austin?
1: So, when we moved to Austin, I, we, we. Oh, what did I do?
2: Um, I think we did like a lot of like video uh, curriculum with something called I think it's called the Great Courses or something. So we we got continued stuff with that. Um, but my. Grandfather on my mom's side had spent his life collecting a really expansive um, library and he gave it to us and so a Lot of my education after we moved immediately after we moved was just reading through that library Um, Particularly the Encyclopedia Britannica great books series Which is like 52 volumes of the entire Western omnibus from holy crap Aristotle to Freud so I I spent a few years just reading that and doing dishes and teaching myself piano. <laughs>
0: Dude, so you played piano as well. So that's...
2: Yeah, so when dad um when dad got uh around the time that dad got cancer, you know, we're all at home and I'd just come in the 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 house that we we moved to was also kind of demoralizing cuz like everything in the house was like an add-on and they were all really poorly done. So like every room had its own um you know ac unit and they're all like these old little like, oh, like yeah. you turn them on and and then like the levels
0: of the floors don't match up between yep. any room like nothing you're, makes you're any sense you're describing the house i live in now yeah <laughs> yeah this is great by choice <laughs> so
2: i came inside one day and my little brother charles was playing the um the mozart uh variations on twinkle twinkle little star he wrote a series of 12 variations on twinkle oh wow how old is he at this point uh my brother charles yeah um I have no idea. He was alive. That's all I know.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So, I mean, he was pretty young then.
2: Yeah, I think he was like
0: nine or ten. Wow. He's over here just, hey, let me give you 12 different versions (laughs) of Twinkle, Twinkle. But so he
2: he was playing them, and it it occurred to me that, uh, because I came in and I heard it, I was like, what is that? And I came in, it was Charles, and I was really angry, because um, I considered the piano a really dumb instrument, because all all the buttons (laughs) are laid out in front of you, like... This, you just memorize a pattern, and then you press them in a certain order, and you feel nice. So you don't have to worry about intonation. You don't really have to worry. There's no vibrato. There's no. There's no real phrasing. Like you just kind of hope for the best. This is a hot buttons. take
0: on pianos. Yeah,
2: which is funny because I married a pianist.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, this is that's great. But that's so great.
2: growing up, that's what I thought. And so here's Charles playing this, and it was really good. And I was really, really upset about that. So it became my immediate goal to learn to play piano better than any of my siblings. Um, and so I wrote a piece about. Everything that had happened that year and then at the end of the year, we made a, a pilgrimage back to Atlanta to see everybody because dad had recovered and everything was great and I was able to Perform and a, a friend of mine recorded the whole thing on my grandparents baby grand piano um, and so that piece which is called improvisation number one is on um My latest record called inadequate it's the fourth track and that's the exact same recording that was made of the very first piece i wrote about something that was meaningful and that kind of started my trajectory of writing
0: wow dude so how long were y'all in texas before so how old were you when you first wrote that um i think i was 15 or 16 okay yeah dude good on you and here we are 10 11 years later and you're you feel you still feel really good enough to put it out on a record yeah i'm uh, proud so it, yeah. good on that man so that started your writing journey though is that yeah,
2: right i i would i would say so
0: so you started that was on piano yeah all right so you also play violin yeah play guitar yeah what else do you play
2: and a whistle but that's about it oh dude the
0: whistle is its own instrument man you did really good i've had harmonica in here and i've oh. had guitars and bass and like hand drums and stuff but the whistle is a room sound first uh and i knew that you whistled because i watch a couple of your live videos yeah. and i was like oh this is gonna be great it's gonna be <laughs> awesome and different uh, so you've been writing music for pretty much, I mean, you've been around music since two years old. Uh, mm. You wrote your first big piece at about 14, 15 years of age. Uh, you're now 24. Yeah. Um, you got albums on Spotify, EPs. Is there anything full length out there? Uh, yeah, I, I have four falling through. Holy crap! Yeah. See, shows yeah, I do my research. Yeah. <laughs> I did a I did a poll with all my friends on Facebook. Like, hey, what do you like out of a podcast? I, I saw that someone yeah. said research. Yeah, I read that too. <laughs> so I do, I do research, but I do uh, I do like more of a like. A, you know what? I'm just gonna learn a couple things, right? Yeah, and then let's learn about them in the in, co- in the right podcast. Yeah, so, right. uh, but there you go. I forget who it was. Uh, someone on the Facebook. If you're listening to this, <laughs> you made a good point. Yeah.
1: Was knocking on our door to remind us that he's waiting, wailing through the sun. in the apart. Lightning's running through the clouds. Tornadoes in Dallas are touching down to spend a perfect day together. And it so far apart You left these lives scattered and bound Tornadoes in Dallas are touching Summers turn to frost and roses And the petals still born to fall Lord, come down, something common, Make thin spots of a song Make the ordinary sacred In this laughter and the songs Feel some light in this darkness Help us just to get along
0: Help us just So you have four full links out. Yeah, it's actually um, five,
2: but under Bometheus, it's just four. And and I, I started writing under Bometheus in 2017. Okay. So I, I have four records to show for the past three years.
0: So before we get too far into music, Bometheus, where did that name come from?
2: Uh, my mom, uh, we were reading Greek mythology for some reason. And <laughs> and uh, so my mom just started calling me. I I don't even know particularly why but it's it's a um mixture of prometheus who stole fire from the gods and then boethius is a uh, middle ages philosopher who wrote the consolation of philosophy and so you put them together and it's me but if you look up boethius it's not a real it's just it's just me
0: oh it's a it's a real and it is a you <laughs> Uh, my man your music's great and I think that you know thousands of years from now with a name like that they're not going to be sad when they find you on whatever assertions <laughs> you're using I think you're doing a really good job so well, Prometheus, that's the name you started going by that in 2017 yeah uh, been rocking it too four albums five if you include what did you just go by Jonathan Hodges then
2: yeah so I put out one so the, the way I, I had been writing music when I went off to college actually the the week before I went to college, um, my good friend Nate Zivin, and, uh, cause I, I did actually go to high school the last two and a half years before I went to college. I went to like a public high school. It was like the arts magnet program in Austin for the orchestra. Um, but I, I had a really good friend, Nate Zivin, and he wanted to study to become a recording engineer. And so I was hanging out with him like the week before I had to go up to To school and uh it was really late, and he had this synthesizer he had just found in a dumpster that he was really excited about, and he like fixed it up.
0: That's a hell of a find. I know. A synthesizer at a dumpster. He was really excited.
2: And uh so he started messing around with it and showing me the different sounds it had. And then he was like, We should record something. I was like, Oh, yeah, definitely, we should definitely do that. Because like my whole life I had I kind of listened to stuff um and always wished that I had the Equipment and understood what I needed to know in order to make recordings um, But I just didn't know and, and it seemed like a really expensive you're like what 16 around
0: this time. Yeah, okay uh,
2: well, This was 17 18. Yeah, okay. When this is happening. last two years of high school. Yeah. Yeah, but this is literally the week before I go to uh, college um, And so we, we did a song and then I was like we should do an entire album and so we wrote a song a night And recorded it as we wrote it, and like we got the whole thing finished, and we called the what did we we called the group the street we can't pronounce, and we called the record the dressing to my salad or something.
0: Dude. Can we find this one anywhere? Yeah, it's on my band camp, actually. Dude, so if, okay. you, if
2: you pull up the Bometheus Bandcamp, it's like there are some releases at the bottom of the page that make no sense because Bometheus isn't attached to them. But they're there because it's like this is by
0: really early stuff. That's really cool. So I like how you you put it all out. You yeah. put everything out. Uh, you you know some people are like no i don't that's bad for branding i don't want that to be on my page but you man you you share it all if it comes through you you put it out and yeah. i love that and you keep it out too yeah so so you guys recorded a whole album in what 12 days or something yeah it's
2: about seven or eight days and then uh we were pretty happy with it and i i, I had to go off to because I, I started undergrad in seattle so i had to go off to Ooh. I, I had to go off before he had like the mix finished and they sent it off to me i'm super excited so that that happened and then the rest of the time i was in seattle i was just really wanting to write songs but i didn't have a guitar because <laughs> i had to go and fly and i have to take my violin and oh like, yeah and
0: that's expensive you don't have
2: room i don't have room for this stuff and i don't have no money and uh and so I didn't have a guitar, and I had no way to record anything. So like everything was just super sad. But I did have my iPhone, so I, I, every time I had an idea, I would just put it into voice memos. And because I didn't have a guitar, I just kept writing piano pieces. So the, I, I got to the point where I think I wrote like four separate improvisations that were each like 10 minute pieces in and of themselves and I, I like tried to merge like Chopin and Rachmaninoff's list and, and jazz and like put them all on the same thing. Um, and it, it was fun and, and rewarding and cool, but I wanted a lot more than that. But I was also kind of terrified of lyrics.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you were working with what you got. Yeah, I was doing uh, And that's make- like, I think, super important for if someone's an artist and they're you know, they using excuses not to create. Right. Well, then are you an artist or are you a procrastinate Exactly. Or right. something. Let's yeah. make up a word for that. Procrastin artist. Uh, yeah. So you are not letting your limits hold you back. You're creating. You're flowing. You're bringing it out of you and into this world. So that way, at one point when you do have that guitar in front of you or other people to collaborate with, it's there and ready to go. And it's already been simmering. So that's really cool that you do that.
2: So then I transferred to SMU about um, halfway through sophomore year. I had my guitar. I had a guitar back because my my dad had a guitar. That's actually my dad's guitar. Um, He graciously lets me use it. Oh, dude, cool. Yeah, awesome. So I... And I also had gone through like a really bad breakup and like everything about life was just really, really awful. And I was trying to put the pieces back together uh, and, and like, figure out how to be a person. So I started writing songs, and um, I didn't really have any means to record anything. And one day, one of my good buddies, who's a pianist also, uh, sent me a recording he'd made, and I was like, how did you make that? And he was like, I made it on GarageBand on my, on my phone, and I was like... I saw that Apple made us all download GarageBand, but I figured it was garbage. Like, you made that with that? And you're like, yeah. And so I like pulled it up and started figuring out how to use it. And then the only mic that I had at the time was the uh, it was the mic attached to my Bose headphones that I'd gotten as a gift from a friend. So I recorded the whole record with that mic. And like wow. at times, like you, you had to like put it down so you couldn't listen because you had to record the guitar part. And so you just like hope that you could hear the metronome enough to be on
0: time. Oh, dude! <laughs> Man, creative right there. That's a creative yeah, way. And
2: So uh, I recorded the whole record basically that way uh, with that little piece of garbage mic. Um, and then I was like, I think I have twenty five dollars to buy a USB mic. <laughs> and then I started writing the next record. And one day my dad came home from work and he was like, he was like, look, look up Bombylius. So I looked it up and and. It was just me. And he was like, just be that. Just be Bumy. So I, I did that. I grabbed the uh, domain name. and Oh, smart. I yeah. already owned it on all my social media accounts because it was just my nickname growing up. And uh, now it's mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's great. It's definitely a name that would would beg the question of, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know? So uh, definitely an eye catcher. I think you're going to have a lot of really cool shirts and posters. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you go into being an actor, which I feel like you definitely would head that way, uh, Bo Meteus, you know, it's like, yeah. how long have you been teaching music? Is it guitar specific? No,
2: it mostly violin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause that's like, like at, from uh, when I went to college, I went to study violin. So, um, my degree from SMU is in violin performance. So that's what I really know. <clears throat> I actually wish I had more. Violin students. <laughs> oh, nice. But um, violin is really hard, and it makes life insufferable, especially when you're learning it young. And most people do not have the constitution
0: to, to really want to do that. So violin, though, um, how long have you been teaching?
1: So I started teaching... I think I started teaching in
2: high school. Um, just like a few... People, kids like at church or something that wanted to learn. Um, but I tried to teach everywhere I went. Like even when I was in Seattle, I tried. Like I was going to
0: say, you took it to Seattle with right. you, so you have to be using tried, it. I
2: tried to do it. It didn't really pan out super great in Seattle. I think I ended up like getting a job at a studio right as I realized I was transferring. So it never really worked there. But as almost immediately after I transferred, I got a job at a studio... I think i had to work at chick-fil-a for a little while which was not my favorite thing
0: but it was your pleasure
2: it wasn't actually <laughs> uh, the entire time i was there I, I never said my pleasure i said right on i said far out i said way to go i Dude. said all right but i i just decided i was never gonna say my pleasure no,
0: well i feel like it is like a mind control it is like, thing that they do it's like I, my pleasure it's like is it really it, <laughs> is it really i think quick trip something like see you next time or we'll see you later but see they can't say the goodbye right exactly. or something so good on you man So i don't or... want to
2: say that and then uh i remember my last day uh i told i i forgot about two days two weeks done <laughs>
0: Oh, and just get out of there? Was that in Seattle? No, this was in Dallas. Oh, okay.
2: Because I had finally gotten the job, because I like interviewed almost immediately for this studio position that they were trying to fill. And the only reason I got it was because I, I taught so many instruments. I didn't have enough teaching experience for them, but I taught so many, and I could play, and they are like, okay, we'll give it to you. But then it took a long time to fill my studio. And so I wasn't making enough teaching yet to be able to give up Chick-fil-A, even though I really wanted to. And the manager was so upset. I remember he uh, he had just like come in and told me what a great job I was doing, and I'm like, mm, yeah, thanks. Uh, this is my my last day, <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, see, I have started teaching, and it actually pays three to four times as much as this does. So Dude. this makes no sense anymore. And he was like, I he was like, what? Well, oh, you could work weekends? No, that's the only time I can teach. And he was like. okay, well, you have to give us a written statement. I'm like, okay. And I pulled out my phone and I, I wrote some ridiculous thing, like, I, Jonathan Hodges, being of sound body and mind on this, the 27th day of the, you know, whatever. And then like, do hereby promote myself to guest
0: <laughs> oh dude <laughs> you still eat at chick-fil-a i do sometimes yeah yeah it's good stuff not on Sundays though. So. Oh, uh so we got four albums out under Bometius. Yeah, one under jonathan hodges or well, was it yeah, yeah, yeah one
2: after that one was called uh gender is a fluid
0: and that was the first record ever
2: that was, yeah, my first solo record. Yeah, yeah.
0: gotcha. Yeah. so No um, one should
2: ever listen to it, but it is on my Bandcamp if you really want to listen hey, to it.
0: Hey, seriously, go to the band camp, check this out, <laughs> see what, you know. We got another album coming out next year. Yeah. Oh, was it supposed to come out any earlier?
2: So, I had originally planned to release two records this year. One uh, being Inadequate, which I released in April, April 13th. It was like a full-length collaboration with my Uncle Dave which is a very fun and there's a lot of stories there about like how it came to be. And then I started writing um, the song when, many of the songs I played tonight around the same time that I was working on that record with Dave. and I planned to release it this year like in November or December. Um, but COVID kind of threw everything off and I, I just, I didn't want to rush it because in some ways COVID gave me time to reflect on a lot of different things. And there's so much life change for me this year. Like I got married and all this stuff happened. So in in a lot of ways, it's given me time to sit with ideas and really refine them. Because I record all my stuff myself. I mix everything myself. And except for this record that's about to come out, I've mastered everything myself. So I tend to do everything as fast as I possibly can. Um, Like, I'm trying, I've always tried to work on two records at the same time, so that when the first one's done, the second one's almost done, and then I start working on the next one while I'm finishing this one, and then I do that with everything I'm doing. But this has kind of given me some time to take space and reconsider that idea.
0: (laughs) that's the silver lining well like if if you haven't already anyone who's listening to this uh, there's a silver lining for this COVID stuff everyone's got one um, I do uh, and, and we just heard meteus your silver lining it, it told you to chill out told yeah. you to hey well you don't need two albums this year yeah. just do the one <laughs> uh and then think about it grow a little bit before you know so that's really cool so from the album that you released in april to the album that's coming out do you have a release date for the next one
1: no um i actually plan
2: to work with some pr firms um, okay on this one like i want to be really serious about where this record goes because i i think it has a lot of potential so i'm I'm trying to really carefully weigh all of those things and find the right people to work with because um, PR is really expensive and it's, it can be really bad. And there's not a lot you can do if it goes wrong, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> once the them, money's spent on yeah, that, there's no
0: way getting that back, yeah. that's for sure.
2: So I'm, I'm trying to weigh everything. And I plan to have the master's done by the first half of December. Um, so,
0: which you said you're doing yourself?
2: I'm not on this record.
0: Oh, so you've done it on every record before this yeah. one, but you are giving it to someone else. So yeah, that also shows just a little bit more of difference between this next album compared to your last three or four. Yeah. That uh, well, four or five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so your this would be your sixth album then, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool that you're actually like stepping back. One, you're having to relax and actually think it through, but then you're also giving it to someone else to do something that you've always done right. uh, to uh, get those extra, those outside ears and eyes on what you're doing. Uh, so was it just you on this album, or did you have anyone yeah, accompanying you? so that's you? the
2: other thing. With this record, um, I've been able to pull in way more people, and it's been a really rewarding, really cool experience. Previously, I didn't want to work with other people because they slow you down like if I have to wait on a bass player or a drummer or something like now the timeline for when this song is done could be whenever because I'm I'm depending on someone I don't want to depend on anybody um, but with this record uh, and I've kind of slowly been working in other people um, getting yeah I've, I've seen
0: you perform a couple <clears> of <throat> times or so a couple of videos with you and other people that you play with so you definitely have it in you to play with other people. It's just a matter of are they gonna be wait? Is or are it gonna, they be gonna on time? you right. know push this thing forward? And a lot
2: of musicians, like I love musicians, but a lot of them are not focused driven individuals. Like they are very passive, they kinda wait for their life to happen. And sometimes they just lead chaotic lives to no fault necessarily of their own. It's just how it is. But it it is rare that I find people Or it has been rare. It took me a long time to find people who are like, yes, I want to work with you because you're dependable, you do what you say you're going to do, and you're good at what you do. Um, So it just takes time to find those things. And I think with this record, I finally found a lot of those people. There's also a lot of like um, redemptive relationship things that happened around this record. Like There was a guy, actually going back to classical school, uh, he was the older brother of one of my classmates. His name is uh, Luke Blaze. He's a really incredible guitar player, but I hadn't heard him play guitar in like 12 years. (laughs) But he was really awesome when I was, uh, he didn't like me at all. Like, he really didn't like me.
0: Like, as a kid? Yeah. Okay.
2: He he just hated, like, he actually blocked me on all social media. (laughs) What? (laughs) And so I was on Instagram at the, like, close to the beginning of this year, and I saw his account somehow. You know, you should follow this. And he hadn't blocked me on Instagram I, because back then I. No oh, I found you. I, mean, and so I found him, I I sent him a message like, "Hey, Luke, I don't know if you remember me at all, but um, I just wanted to apologize for whatever it was I did as a kid that pissed you off so much. Um, and just want to see how you're doing and and hopefully, you know, get past all this. And he was like, "What? I don't even remember what happened. I'm sorry." And he like, you know, every, it was really cool. And then he ended up playing a lot of the lead guitar on this record, which is super great. Um, so we were able to work together on that, and then, uh, it's kind of part of the Bohemian narrative, because all of my records are, are meant to be autobiographical in nature, and because I've been doing almost everything myself, like almost everything that you hear on earlier records, I do all of it, um, the, uh, you kind of hear me grow up as you go through the records. And so you hear the writing get stronger, you hear the recording get stronger, like the mixing gets stronger, everything gets stronger as you're going. And so one of the other things is that like the, um, uh, what is the word for um, themes, topics, themes has been my sister, Caroline. Caroline and I have always had a kind of bad relationship. Caroline and the family have always kind of had a bad relationship. Um, So... A lot, I, like I have a song on my second record called Oh Caroline, and it's like about trying to get rid of all the past and, and move on. And then on this record, she actually sings on some stuff with oh. me. So, like, all this really cool stuff. W- we're, w-
0: was she planning, was she and Luke, were they gonna be on the album prior to COVID happening, or were you just, did you have any of that in mind? When did that come into play?
2: No, it, it, it definitely, I think almost all of that came into play around the time. Like COVID shut everything down because we suddenly had all this time to just sit around and like be on social media and find lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, lost I,
0: I like that. So like people that you had um, like. Your past wasn't necessarily not bad, but not good enough to be like even talking to each other on a regular basis. But now you're including them on something that you're very passionate about. Yeah, like when I when I do anything that requires other people, I want. The people that I love to be there, right? And then maybe the love isn't there, but once they're there, they're at least the kind of person that I can love after the experience, right? So, um, album number six, you know, it's like, and I love how you explain that you're growing up through that. I don't know, did you ever watch the movie Boyhood? I don't know. Richard Linklater made a movie over 12 years, I think it was, and two weeks out of every year they would film this thing, so you'd grow up with I this child. I heard this, yeah. Um, you know, grow up as a child going into an adult and everything, yeah. which is a funny story. I think the kid hates acting so much now that he's not <laughs> Uh So when the movie came out, it wasn't even that big There's deal There's actually a
2: really interesting um, British documentary. I don't remember what it's called, but they did that, I think, at an orphanage with like seven to ten kids. And, like, every year or every few years, they would come back and film all of them and get to know them. And so you literally watch them for their, their entire lives. An orphanage? I think they start in an orphanage, and then you, like, get to learn about where they are and who they married and where their families are. And then they you, like, see them as old people.
0: Wow. And, like,
2: you see them from, like, when they're literally children to when they're, like you know, probably going to be
0: dead soon. So doing that with music though, like, that's what I, I, wanna I think do. is a real edgy thing to that's, do. Like I, at want. one point you're going to have a greatest hits, like that'll have to happen. Yeah. So, but you know, maybe it's, you call it something else, but to actually hear your change, you're saying like, you're even down to the recording quality. So yeah. it's just really cool to have that, um, that symbol for every chapter in your life and you know with album number six you this one's I, I think it'd be most special to you not only because you have people uh collaborating with that you had like uh not necessarily the best pass with but it's also this time in everyone's life right. is so different like no right. one's gonna look at this year and think oh it was like this year yeah. you know? <laughs> no, no, no 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 we will always remember like to me what was life like or how did i like Convey time was okay. Is this pre 9 11 or is this post 9 11? Right now, right. is it pre COVID 19 or post COVID 19? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you are wow. literally documenting that feeling and emotion with the people that you are bringing in to collaborate with you on album number six. Yeah. So, album number six, not only are you going to a PR, not only are you having someone else master it, but you actually have a time capsule. on this earth. Yeah. Exactly, a time capsule of how things are playing out and and i'm not you know concept wise like i know you have songs that are related to covid19 like the one that you have on your spotify yeah
2: that's a single from the record
0: okay actually. cool so yeah. yeah you literally are like people are going to be able to google bomithius thousands of years <laughs> and be like what bomithius this guy oh this god he <laughs> wrote about this and i feel like you're gonna have like you know a chapter in the the future bible um, <laughs>
1: When the traffic all turned red And someone was most certainly dead We all stopped just to catch a glimpse Of the one who startled our trance We ignored you alive, but now we want to I look like you When the sirens come for you Will you feel like On the street, are more plain. Suicides and smiles, but life remains a pain that can't be attained. We ignored you alive, now we want to you. Just some
2: Yeah, it's basically done. I mean, t- tonight I was I sent it over to my bass player, um, Jeff Tolis, and he was sending me some notes on um, like adjusting the mix for, for the bass and stuff like that. So I am still mixing, but all the tracking is basically done. Awesome. Um, I've also been able to include my um, my Uncle Phil, um, who is the little brother of the uncle I wrote the last record uncle with. Uncle Dave or Dan? Uncle Dave, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so he he played some stuff on this ring. Like, there's all this really cool, cool stuff where you're just, everybody's making music together. And um, every time you listen, like my my good friend, Chris Doublefield, um, he's a trumpet player. And he just, he actually just started uh, his master's at Juilliard. He's incredible. Like He's really, really good. You got him on
0: this record too?
2: He's actually played on almost all of my records. Oh, okay. Which nice. is really cool. So you you can also like listen to Chris Doublefield to grow up. <laughs> oh, wow. Cause he like has a solo on the second record. I think he has one on the third record and he plays this incredible stuff on the, on the last record. Um, and then on this one, he just blows them all away. Like, wow, I'm really excited about the song he's on. It's, it's really, really cool. But
0: how many tracks is the new album? Uh
2: it's uh, right now it's a, it's eleven. Cool. Um, one of them is like a thirty six second like uh, introduction where it's like the recording of the moment that I wrote like the most ruckus song on the record. I love, dude, that's very cinematic. Yeah, it's kinda to do that. Kind of funny so but I was at a I, I played Prior to COVID, I played a lot of um, house parties as an improv jazz pianist because I, I really like improvisation. That's really the most important thing about music to me. It's one of the reasons I never want to play in an orchestra. Um, I don't yeah. want to answer to anyone musically. <laughs> but um, So I do a lot of like improv jazz stuff because it pays really well and I literally don't have to do anything. There's no preparation. I just sit down and just play until yeah. they tell me to stop. And I can alter the mood i can alter the 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 general vibe of anything however oh, you yeah. want no,
0: the whole feeling in the room is all based off of what you're doing right and you i can make love it or break that. it yeah. i love it
2: and um i also like like the the you know the build up and anxiety of like i'm not a real pianist i'm married to a pianist who like wins competitions and is incredible and I am a complete fraud. And so, like every time I, you know, in getting ready for these gigs, I'm always like, I "Wonder if they're gonna know I, I'm gonna play the entire night in C major." <laughs> That's a very nerdy thing of you which, to say. Which it's true. I probably will play the entire night in C major. I play for like three or four hours or something. Yeah, typically it's about three to four hours. I, I think the longest I ever did was like six. Ooh, um, wow! And those you're a different f- person after that. Yeah, it like. is I really hate the piano after the- <laughs> Oh yeah. Well,
0: you didn't you and the piano didn't start off on a good foot. So, it's almost like the piano's coming back to you and saying, "Hey, you want to make some money? You got to go through me." So, super it's good. It's like
2: what I I always say that at all the moments where I've made the most money, I felt the least like an
0: artist. <laughs> oh, wow. That says something.
2: But I was at this dinner party and I was playing piano and I realized no one was listening to anything that I was doing. And then this chord progression came to me and it's like, da 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 dum, da
1: da da da. Yeah, da, da, da.
2: yeah, And and so, I like, the idea came to me, I was playing the chords, it was, like, kind of fun, and everyone's, like, having this loud, everyone is having a loud conversation. There's, like, 40 loud conversations all around me. And so I just pulled out my phone and, like, hit record on voice memo, and, like, Saying the whole thing. And then the recording was kind of cool because, like, you hear all these cover- like bits and pieces of words, and people, like, really, like, I don't even know about that. Like, that isn't, even, oh, like, I that's guess. not important to me. And then, like, someone's like, wow. And I invested 40,000. But, like, everyone is saying it all at the same time, and I'm da 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 da. And so it's kind of like this, also a time capsule of, like, pre COVID dinner party. Like, here, you know, you have a piano. Is that what
0: you use on your album? You yeah. Didn't use that's that's the little 37 yeah i used that clip. recording wow okay yeah. i think for setting that up and telling me i because at first i thought it was just like a moment that you maybe sit down at your own house no, or something no. but it was actually in that moment with yeah. all these people who are so not listening to you Researching
2: so into their own conversations yeah. and doing their own thing oh and-
0: uh, that's really cool that's 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 really awesome yeah. uh, i do think that uh like listening to your music like you you storytelling as much as your dna as the actual violin guitar or whatever and you're great down to your facial features when you're playing man you tell such a damn good story oh thanks and uh, I, i really appreciate that as you coming into coming into the studio here and and really laying it all out. Like, I've mentioned that you're very intentional with with how you were playing, but also, like, the emotion that you bring, man. I really do feel that once COVID's done and you can actually get back in front of people, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like your, your album number six is gonna take you there. Get, the, get someone else to master it. Get your damn yeah. PR team. <laughs> let them do the shit. And then, Bometheus, you can rise to the top like the cream, man. So... <laughs> Well, I'm excited to hear the album when it comes out. The yeah. stuff that you played for me tonight, I felt so connected to, like instant. All right, dude. Well, with that being said, man, is there anything that you want to say or shout out? You got the new album coming out. Is there anything else that we should be looking out for? Uh,
2: no. I yeah, just oh, I have a bunch of music videos coming out. I have never had music videos, okay. and uh, it's kind of a stroke of of divine intervention because. Uh, uh, my good friend Travis Wright, who also um, has a podcast called "I'm a Fan of," it's a really great podcast. You should definitely go check him out. Um, he, I saw that he was doing music videos for a band called Brave Little Howl, and so I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, do you want to do a music video together?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And he's the kind of guy where like if he says yeah, sure, that means it's happening. Like he's just like, "Yeah, let's get shit done. Like yeah. let's do it right now." And, and like I have a camera, I'm like, oh, let's, let's, "Let's make a video." And uh, So we did that, and then like a week later, somebody reached out. My friend Jordan Gracie reached out on... Uh, my now friend uh, reached out on Instagram and he was like, do you want to do a video? And I was like, yeah, I want
0: to do a video. And then Very similar to this right here. Yeah, my I friend... Think, my I don't friend, know who reached out to Who with us, though, but as soon as I heard you, I was like, I got to have this guy in the <laughs> studio. I want to make a video with Bometius." so...
2: And then another guy, Sway, he reaches out. He's like, I want to make a video with you. And I was like, what is happening? Dude, hell
0: yeah, man. You so, draw, you're bringing it to you, man. Yeah. It's all coming to you. You're like a magnet for... Yeah, you... Uh, I'm happy for you, dude, because one thing you need to exist in a world today, in any kind of art, is some type of video. Right. So video or pictures, like we live through our phones. Right. So if you're going to find out about somebody, you're going to find out about them through your phone. Exactly. Every now and then we'll go out and we'll hear it, but yeah. so you got music videos out. Are those on YouTube under so Bometius?
2: those they're in production right now. Oh, uh-huh. okay, so they're not even out yet. Yeah, no. All right, we're, so, so we're still I mean, making. Them. If
0: they're not out yet, if you find Bometius on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram is really the best social media. That's your main thing. Yeah. So, um, find them on there and then keep an eye out for new music videos, keep an eye out for new music, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, and I'll, if there's anything else that I missed, uh, we'll recap it in the outro, man. Uh, but with that, man, we'll call it dude. And that'll do it for another episode of the Room Sound Podcast. Thank you so much to Bometheus for coming in and with such a great performance. You can find him on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Follow him on Instagram, like him on Facebook, and keep an eye out for that new album coming out at the beginning of next year. That's it for us here at the Room Sound Podcast. My name is Corey. You can find Room Sound Live on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, go find us on YouTube and put a little bit of a vision to what you've been listening to. We drop new videos every week, so subscribe and hit that little bell icon. And for this week's pinch of positivity, there's always a way, you just gotta find it. All right then, remember to be excellent to each other, and if I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All right, Madam X, take us out. The Room Podcast The Room Sound Podcast.